0: What's up, adultish fam? It's Nige, and I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. Jay Kinji Lopez, Alt, of the food lab and the wok, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Honestly, me and my wife both work from home, and so I do all the cooking in the house, so I end up having to come up with a lot of recipes just on the fly. And so when I'm looking for recipes, I usually just go to Google. But now I know that I could just go to Deb and Kenji if I have any recipes that I want to cook for a fire dinner. These pros obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything that you need to create your perfect dish. You can finally be excited to eat what you make and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show of the Radiotopia family, Find the Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Why Our Media's Adultish and KQED's Right Nowish podcast. I'm your host, Nige Turner.
1: And I'm your host, Pindarvis Harshaw. We're two podcast hosts from the Bay Area in California.
0: And both of us are young black men figuring out our collective-ish. Before this episode, we had only met one time
1: but we never really got a chance to get to know each other and connect until
0: now. So first we went to some of my favorite spots in Richmond to start the conversation. Sure. To because be around that many black people at once. To be around that many black people at once. Yeah, definitely. Especially coming from out here. Coming from out here, up until like, shoot, up until high school, I went to school with all like mainly white people because I was in private school all the way up until high school. Okay. And then in high school, I went to school Then we sat down to go deeper.
1: All right, so we had this novel idea of of mixing right now-ish with adult-ish and having a conversation about some ish and realizing that one thing we have in common is that we are maturing. Well, we have more than one thing in common, but we are (laughs) maturing human beings, uh, going through transitions in life, and um, wanted to have a discussion about that, specifically in regards to friendships and how that impacts
0: us and how our maturation impacts our, our friendships, right? Definitely. Do you feel like you have always had the same group of friends or do you feel like that's something that's uh, grown over time? I think like, friends and
1: basketball shorts are like, two things that I hold on to dearly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I got basketball shorts going back to high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of my friends, not just male <laughs> friends, uh, women friends as well that I've known since like seventh grade. Like, platonic friendships, um, just my homegirls and my homeboys that I've always known um and when i lose one it does hurt and when we fall apart for you know a couple of months because life happens or whatever and we get back in stride and come back together and we don't miss a beat that's always amazing Mm -hmm. so yeah i really value my old friends and my old hoop shorts how about yourself (laughs) do you have old real old friendships
0: or old hoop shorts yeah i i definitely do i feel like you really make me think about the fact that i never buy any new shorts yeah literally all my basketball shorts are from high school and all of my friends are from yeah. yeah high school or even before that like I think I had I've had the same group of friends since I was around like 13 or 14 and I think that's something that like I will always want to hold on to yeah I mean I, I think there's definitely been points uh even in that where certain friends have you know drifted further apart and we've gotten closer together and further apart and all that like that push and pull and then also there have been friends you know within that group uh for me who of people who like I call brothers that you know we don't really talk at all anymore and for me personally like that's still my brother like if they need anything if they like hit me we haven't talked in three four years or whatever it is what it is and I'm going I'll do anything for them but it's like hmm I don't know. I, I'm I'm wondering why that is. Like, do I feel like a sense of debt to that person? Mm-hmm. Do I feel like I owe them something? Do I feel like I have to be there or else that means that I'm different? And yeah. then why is being different such a negative thing?
1: That's really interesting. A debt to the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. But those old friendships, they have a certain value and I'm wondering how much of it is the value of that time and space and whatever transpired when you were 13, 14. Or is it the fact that this person is actually growing with me? You know, yeah. like, are you just holding on to this friendship for nostalgic reasons? Or are you appreciating in value because each one is growing?
0: What do you What do you feel about that? Do you feel like friendships are something that you should hold on to for, for forever? Or do you think that's something that you know, in certain cases, you have to let it go.
1: Yes. <laughs> both. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's like it's a little bit of both. Um, like, I was recently at a, a longtime friend's baby shower and seeing a couple friends that I hadn't seen in a decade or so. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, the band is back together, so we're taking pictures and everything, and we're all good in that moment. But we don't have to, like, stay in contact throughout the week and be like, yo, you watching the game tomorrow? I'm coming over. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, we have lives now. And um, I'm at that stage in life where yeah, my priority is my child, my daughter and my family and my business, my career, you know? And mm-hmm. friendships don't have the same priority that they did when I was 18 or even 13 when I was first establishing these friendships, you know?
0: I think for me, I don't know. Like, I think it's still something that I that I want. It's still something that I need because the first couple of months that I got married, my friends weren't like hitting me at all. Like really, not really about anything. It was a big separation that happened between us. And uh, I had to voice that to them and like pretty much just ask everybody like, yo, like, did I do something or whatever? Like things (laughs) just just switch like that. And everybody was like, yo, I thought that was like what you're supposed to do. Like when somebody gets married, I thought you get like six months to yourself so and literally everybody who i talked to was like yeah bro i was trying to give you like you know six to eight months like i'm trying to give you your time to like just focus on your marriage and then you know you pop back out or whatever and it's like oh i mean i can focus on my marriage but also still like we can kick it you know or here and there that's uh (laughs) that's funny it's also probably kind of
1: cool to have friends that at least try to assert healthy boundaries you know like Mm -hmm. i want to see you win so i'm going to fall back a little bit, you know, take a little bit of our friendship relationship off of your plate so you can handle your you know, marriage relationship.
0: That's cool. I never thought of it like that. I mean, yeah, it's,
1: it's pretty tight, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it brings up a question about like, what purpose do friendships serve?
0: Honestly, like, when I talk about, like, my friends, my close friends, and I'm talking about who I would consider, like, my best friends, I consider all of those people, like, my siblings, and so it feels more like family. I am really close with my family, but we don't talk like super often. I talk to my dad like once or twice a week. Um, my mom isn't in a position where like we would be able to have conversations. And then my brother and I talk like once a month or something like that, just like catching up. And I mean, when we talk, it's not like it, there's no love. It's It's a thousand I love you's a thousand I'm thinking of you's a thousand I miss you we need to do this we need to do that or whatever but it's like we just don't talk super often because we're just we just have wildly different interests it just there's not a lot of overlap you know um whereas my friends we have a lot of the same things in common so we're able to talk about basketball every day. We're able to talk about um, video games every day. We're able to talk about music every day. We're able to talk about art every day because there's a lot to talk about. What about for you?
1: And yeah. What What purpose do my friend circle serve? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned like pop culture and current mm-hmm. events and social stuff. Like talking yeah. to them. The group chat is lit. Let something happen. Like that's where I'm going. The group chat, you right. know, and and it's a sense of, um, I would almost say letting my guard down, but you know you can't fully let your guard down around your boys. Um, like, but there's a sense of maybe I can let some guards down. You know, I can talk about flatulence or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, having that that safe space to talk about current events and pop culture and things that matter to me that aren't um, necessarily priorities like paying rent or my child's education. Like those are top tier priorities, and those things I take, you know, first thing in the morning, and I make sure to discuss them with the proper people then when I have time in the evening and the basketball game is on, it's time to just crack jokes about the Warriors, you know, or whatever. Yeah.
0: What's going on, Adultish fam? It's Nige, and I'm going to tell you about this new show coming out. Before I get into that, I want to tell you about what Black representation in media means to me. It means the world, really. It's the reason I am where I am and why I do what I do. And there were movies like Boomerang, like Love Jones, that even showed me that it was possible to be Black and exist in these creative spaces. It might sound like a given, but when you see yourself represented on screen or in any forms of art, it allowed me a new way of looking at myself and what my life trajectory looked like. And there's this show out on NPR where the next generation of influential Black voices can be found. It's NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. You'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit of the range of Black Stories, Black Truth. I literally just got done listening to the Black film canon episode of Black Stories, Black Truth, and it really was amazing. I mean, I'm so glad that they championed Homecoming as one of the greatest Black movies of recent times. Beyonce really did her thing, so I love the show so much. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices, as varied, nuanced, and black as the country that we reflect. Stories should never be told about us, without us. Listen to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. How do you communicate that you miss someone and that you like Miss their friendship, miss your miss your, your friendship with them. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I am the worst. <laughs> the worst. I communicate
1: with people all day. You got to imagine, yeah. like, I'm calling people, sending emails all day. So 7 o'clock, even if I got a friend who, like, just came across my mind, it's usually, like, a, a mentor of mine or somebody I knew from, like, college. It's like, hey, I wonder what they're doing, how they're doing. Meh, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so I've been trying to get in the practice of at least sending a message be like, yo, what's up, bro? I saw a commercial about Google. I know you were working there last we checked in. How you been? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and just being mindful of that because it's really, at that point, it's spiritual. The universe is telling you something. Like, yo, know, just reach out. Say something. Give a word. And who knows? Right. Maybe that person's in a dark space and that word could just lift them up. Um, or maybe you're in a dark space and you don't know it. And their words can lift you up.
0: I think that's something that plays into why men's friendships are are dwindling while their social circles are dwindling. It's probably because like we probably aren't the best at communicating when we, when we miss each other because of maybe, maybe that fear, maybe that insecurity that, that is one sided. Yeah. Uh, maybe nobody wants to be like left hanging, like, Hey bro, like miss kicking it or something like that or whatever. And just be like, ah, you know, you don't want to be like that person on the other end that where it's like, oh, "Yeah, I'm not really missing kicking you." Right, shoe. right, you're right.
1: <laughs> I mean, it goes back to that vulnerability and having your guard up, right? Yeah. Um, and communication, communication. I mean, just in general, like the notion that some men will even lie to themselves, and you know, telling the truth outwardly starts with telling your the truth inwardly, and so being honest about being lonely or needing companionship or a friend or just someone to talk to to get out of your head is big and you know, that's a step toward vulnerability.
0: Do you feel lonely, like, from time to time when it comes to friendships?
1: Hell yeah. I live in Sacramento now. My social circles are based in Oakland. Um, I've always been, like, in a socialite, and so not being able to just, like, stumble out the house and have my friends around me, it's a bit of an issue. But yeah, I definitely have my, my times where I feel, like, lonely in the world, learning how to navigate it. When you are lonely and you want... A friend, a homie, like how do you navigate it and how do you express it?
0: I feel like in the in the friends department, I hadn't really felt like super lonely <laughs> until uh, like one of my like best friends who I talk to every day he moved uh, for a time period, and then I started feeling like pretty lonely. And I remember that was like an interesting time because I was trying to like figure out like what other kind of friends are like almost friends I had that I could try to like develop into like a more a closer relationship and for me it was difficult I guess getting really close uh because just like you know insecurities like arise I don't know if I'm like really you know pushing too hard or if I'm really trying to kick it like super tough then it'll just be like weird and like pushy or like you know I'm sure like they already got their homies or whatever. And I'm not trying to like insert myself or anything. So it's it's a really interesting way where it ha- you have to try to get it to happen like organically. And then if it's not, it's like I'm not about to overextend myself and like look wild out here. So I don't know. I think it was just like yeah. a lot of like insecurities kind of arose for me when trying to do that. Uh, and that's something I still want to like explore. Yeah. What about what about for you?
1: Yeah, making new friends, right? The yeah, the layers of it. Um, it's hard. I mean, again, you know, I'm in Sacramento. I've been up here for about two years now, and so I'm trying to find more folks throughout Northern California beyond just my social circles in Oakland. And at one point, like we took a break, I looked down at my phone, and I had a message from a homeboy from Sacramento being like, "Yo, what's up? Grab coffee, middle of the day." And I'm just like, "I'm busy," you know. I keep being busy, <laughs> and he's a recent PhD grad. So he knows all about being busy. Yeah. And I definitely want to build, you know, friendship with homie, you know, like, but when we find time, he's also a new dad. And so Mm. when we find time, that will occur. And at the same time, I happen to open Instagram and see a comment from my oldest friend from when I was three. And I see him maybe once a year, you know, on his grandpa's birthday. And but at least seeing a comment from him knows that, you know, he's still engaged in, in our like. Known each other since we were three in our 30-year friendship, you know? Man. Um, and so it's heartwarming, it's odd, because in one instance, I'm getting a text message and I'm like, Oh, I can't build on this friendship to be in person and make this extra attempt, versus this friend who I've had for 30 years being like, Hey, he left the Instagram comment. That's my guy. Yeah, always around, you know. <laughs> and so it, it it's funny how it differs. Um, but yeah, building new friendships is tough. And I'm the layers to there's we're dancing around. There's something in the middle of all this conversation around black men and like vulnerability and homophobia and like how do we show that we're just just friends? You know what I'm saying? Like For sure. just homeboys. And, and um and I know that there's layers on top of layers to unpack when it becomes when it comes to that. And it it becomes difficult to navigate when you're trying to find. I mean even trust issues and like fear of the other. Like what does this dude want? You want something from me? You know like and so yeah, trying to unpack that and just have a cool friendship. It's been hard. I think one of the things that have helped me develop new friendships uh both in Sacramento and kind of more professional friendships in Oakland is um my daughter and befriending people with children and that eases into it. I mean, you're literally at the playground watching your kids make friends with whoever. <laughs> they make friends whoever. We went yeah. my daughter and I went to little Caesars the other day, to get a hot <laughs> and ready. She made a new best friend before the hot and ready was ready. You know, I'm like, I wish I had that ability. <laughs> Um, so, but they are setting the example of what friendship could look like from human to human. And so it's difficult, but maybe we make it more difficult than it need be.
0: Yeah. When you talk about like, we're dancing around like the homophobia around like making male friendships or relationships or anything like that. It's like, oh, why is that? Why is that something that we have to like dance around? Or like, why is that something that we feel is even a thing? Like you can know I'm not trying to pursue a romantic relationship with you, but if any part of like my friendship attempt comes off in any of that, like if if any of those lines ever cross, then it's like, oh, oh no no like oh I don't I don't know about that, bro. I don't know about yeah. And it's like, come on, bro. Like you, you know I'm not trying to like get at you. For me where I struggle is well okay so I'll just talk about friendships as a whole one it's it's difficult making like female friendships because it's hard to make friend to have friendships with women now because I am married so it's like there is a, a like respect factor there is a like a valid point to that where it's like you have to kind of like toe the line where you aren't being you know disrespectful even to the point where you cannot be trying to like pursue a romantic relationship with someone but you don't want to even give them like the ammo to be able to like talk to my wife in any type of way like i like that that that's what i was trying to do so right right. when i when i am like navigating those situations i it is something that like is heavily on my mind and definitely makes me apprehensive to make certain friendships because then if like you know if that wasn't even my intention, but that's their intention, then I put myself in that situation. I put, a, I put us in that situation. Besides just that point, there's a whole nother thing with just the, the friendship feeling organic. I think being in school, friendships came so much more organically because we were at school every day like there was no healthy separation between school and <laughs> home or whatever like we had homework so <laughs> everywhere is school everywhere <laughs> is whatever so like those funny. friends i see that...
1: you all day in the classroom as soon as yeah. i get home i'm on three-way with you and we're talking exactly. about the same things we were talking about in the classroom
0: right? <laughs> exactly like why do, there's no reason that that this friendship has to stop when i get home but then being out of school i feel like that's where people's friendships go they go from like elementary school to middle school friendships to high school friendships to college friendships. And then people usually try to like stick with their college friendships for as long as possible. But or some people get like really into work friendships. And yeah. I mean that's not an issue, but it's just like you shouldn't be probably just limiting yourself to people who you see regularly are my friends. Um there's more to life there's more to growth there's more to thinking than that or else if you are doing that then you're only going to have one type of friend so which means you're only getting one type of perspective which means you're going to be completely oblivious to things that are happening with other people because you only live and communicate and grow and talk and learn in one circle so you aren't even getting the full picture where people are like doesn't everybody feel this way no you just created a bubble so everybody around you feels that way it's always something that i'm that i'm being cautious of those are all the things that are running through my mind anytime i meet a new person and it and it definitely like hinders me making friends because it's like how do i how am i still respectful am i respectful to you i'm respectful to my wife i'm respectful to our new friendship that we're creating th- that it like feels organic and I'm not like forcing anything. It's not like I'm putting you in a position where you don't have the capacity for this friendship. And now I'm like annoying. So it's a lot going on at one time. So I feel like, I think that's why I don't get super close with a lot of new people because there's so much to talk about. There's so much that needs to be communicated. There's so much that needs to be worked out in creating a new close friend that just isn't really socially acceptable to talk about. People feel really nervous about having those certain conversations. People feel really awkward about having those conversations and they need to be brought up. And we need to feel a lot more comfortable having these conversations, uh, comfortable being in these situations, comfortable asking these questions so that we can get more friends and be able to make friends easier. And from that, you build community, which.
1: Build a healthier society, and then we all just get along, right? Definitely. Theoretically. <laughs> Theoretically, hopefully. We just solved all the world's problems <laughs> right now. Right, that's it.
0: <laughs> I just want to thank Penn and the whole team at Right Nowish and KQED for teaming up with us on this episode. If you want to follow Penn, he's on Instagram and Twitter at OGPen. That's Penn with two N's. And check out Right Nowish wherever you get your podcasts. Adultish is produced by YR Media, a national network of young artists and journalists creating content for this generation. Our show is produced by Georgia Wright, Dominique French, and by me, your boy, Nige Turner. Our executive producer is Rebecca Martin, and YR's director of podcasting is Ray Archie. The host of Right Now is from KQED is Pendarvis Hershaw, and I'll let him tell you about their team.
1: Marisol medina Cadena is the producer of this show. Jessica Plachik is the editor, Justin Ebrahimi and Rhea Garawal are the engagement specialists. Our engagement intern is Ashley Ng.
0: Original music for this episode created by these young musicians at YR. Christian Romo, Anders Knutstad, and Jacob Armenta. Music direction by Oliver Cuya Rodriguez and Maya Drexler. Art for this episode created by Jordan Ferguson, a young artist at YR. Art direction by Brigadelle Bautista and Marjorie Massacat. Creative direction by Pedro Vega Jr. And special thanks to Eli Arberton. We are also proud to be members of Radiotopia by PRX, an independent listener-supported collective of some of the most amazing shows in all of podcasting. Find them at radiotopia.fm. And if you haven't reviewed our show on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to do so. Five stars is much appreciated. You can follow us on all the socials at YRAdultish. And on that note, we'll see you later. Radio